On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health, wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. Hello and welcome to Pardon My French, episode 33. I am your host, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from beautiful Monaco. Man, oh man, have we waited for this episode. And the reason for that is that I've been very undecided about actually publishing the original episode that I was supposed to publish and bring out to my tribe and the world. Um, and I'm going to explain why. So I decided to do this solo episode to give context and then for the following week, listen to my tribe. I had to recenter. Um, I'm probably not making much sense to many of you, but I will very soon, I promise. Let me explain. As you've been following my journey and I've been sharing my whole life with you guys on Instagram, on this podcast, you've seen my progress, you've seen some of my hurdles, you've seen some of my successes, sorry, Um, you've heard me speaking to my kids, you've listened to my kids, you've listened to Dylan's story, which is a compelling story, You've listened to Savannah talking about, you know, her body issues when she's had them, you know, how we deal with, you know, body image, what we feel about Photoshop. You've heard Jill come on the podcast twice. I haven't brought the card on. She's, you know, she's 13 years old. I feel like she's too young to make a decision to be outspoken publicly or anything like that. And, you know, even though I think she can share so much and she could be so, so cute and it would be fair to bring her on, I, ju I just feel it's a big responsibility to make this decision for her and put her on a podcast um, that's going to be staying on the airwaves, internet airwaves for a long time. I just don't feel she is, you know, at a stage in her life where she can make that decision. And I don't want to make it for her. Um, By the same way that, for example, someone approached me for a reality show, I probably wouldn't let Dakota be on because I feel that's a decision that she would have to make when she is a grown adult. Um, as much as I put my children on Instagram, I'm extremely careful with how much of their life I share and what they're comfortable with. I don't want when 
they become adults. So Savannah and Dylan are adults today, but they weren't always adults when I've put them on Instagram. I've been very careful with thinking, okay, when this child turns 18, 20, 21, when they're in age to decide whether they should be on you know, social media or they should be exposed to you know, the public eye, will they be like, well, mom, why did you make this decision for me? This is not a decision I would have made for myself. I feel the same way about so much. I feel the same way about religion. I feel the same way about a lot of things. So that being said, I've shared so much of everything that comes into play in my life with you, Um, my listeners, my audience, my tribe, some of my haters I know listen as well. Um, And that's a choice I've made. And it's been a therapeutic one for me, Um, so much so that I've written my book and it's going to be released soon. It was supposed to be released right before New Year's. It's going to be released after New Year's uh, for editing reasons. I've decided to add a little bit more depth to it and more visual to it. And that took a little bit more editing and publishing work. Um, But it will be out soon and then I'll be going on a very small book tour in four main cities that are close to my heart. So maybe one near you. Um, and so throughout this journey, you've seen me reacting to internet bullies, you know, people that send hateful messages, copy cow. Um, and if you've been on my Instagram, you've seen the latest from Ted. So I got an encrypted message, email message, uh, from, um, I think it's Pronton, um, which is an encrypted service in Switzerland, um, and the originator of the email is not so smart because an encrypted email does not mean that you stay completely anonymous. If the, comp- the company is subpoenaed or urged because of death threats or harassment, they have to actually trace back to the originating IP. Um, and they are not bound to keep the person um, unidentified and anonymous if uh, they violate some regulations, which in Switzerland and Europe, regulations on harassment and hateful messages um, are very serious. So I got an email. Um, I think actually the method got the email. It was on our contact email uh, from TED, T-E-D. The subject was your diet. And the body said, uh, go fuck yourself, whore or whore go fuck yourself or fuck you, something like that. And that was very emotionally charged on that person's side. And I, we, know, we all know who Ted is at this point. We obviously know it's someone who is affected by my view on diets. Um, I don't know if it, their gold ticket is affected or their mantra or their self-confidence or, you know, whatever, their persona or... But it's someone that is deeply, deeply um, affected by diet and the word diet. Now, I've been very outspoken about how I feel about a diet. I've never been on one in my life simply because I'm French. And that is just not something that's part of our vocabulary. We eat mindfully, we eat healthy, we eat real food, but we don't call it a diet. I've explained it before, the word diet in France uh, and in French, je suis à la diète means that you're sick and you're on some type of, you know, a medically prescribed regimen. 
um, not to say that people don't diet in France. There are people that are dieting. You know, the the obesity rate here is lower than in the United States, but it's on the rise because fast food has come here. Um, it has become a trend. They just opened the three guys, you know, near from us here. And it's like we went to look it up and we wanted a burger because I do have burgers once in a while. It's not, you know, it's not my absolute favorite food to have every week but once in a while I love it and I enjoy it all of it with the top on um that's the only part of me that you know is definitely not French I keep my top on at the beach and I keep my top on the burger um but that being said you know diet's never been part of my vocabulary and I do feel that there's really death of the mind death of the soul death of the human being as far as someone who can enjoy life when they're on a diet and there's the word die in it so I always say diet has the word die in it and each time I've spoken up about diet per se I've been getting attacked um, by you know an anonymous source but anyways when I received the email from Ted that same week I had announced that um someone I've recently become very friendly with um, and speaking about collaborating with, Michelle Shapiro, who is a registered dietitian in New York City. Yes, you heard me. She may have restored some of my faith in registered dietitians in the United States. I, you know, don't hold the the profession so close to my heart because what I've seen so far from RDs, especially on Instagram, is so scary to me. Um, and I have a few that come to mind. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, trying to not mix the persona with the actual job. But some of the posts and comments and you know, the, the the relationship with food that this post instill. And I've when I've gone on a rampage before about this, um, when there was the whole Gigi craze, but the, uh, this is so scary to me. And these people are people that I have a hard time professionally, you know, having respect for. However, in my tribe, I have a few, har- a few RDs um, that I respect that have a more holistic approach, less diet. And Michelle's one of them. And she's coming up with um, an event soon that's called Quiet the Diet, which I think is a fantastic title. Just she got me at that. But that's not how her and I met. A few weeks ago, um, before the TED email, I um, woke up to about 42 Instagram messages forwarding videos to me of two women and there was Michelle and there was another woman who I will eventually speak about I prefer to keep it um on this subject for now um and they were I mean usually when people send me videos I really like try to keep my consumption of content very very narrow uh, so it doesn't eat up all my energy and for this reason, sometimes if people go, have you seen my stories? Unless you tag me where I'll make a real effort to go 
you know, see what you tagged me in, whether you've consumed my product or whether you've tagged me out of appreciation or you said something kind or whether you said something mean, I will see it. You know, I'm on Instagram so I can interact with you all. Um, but getting 42 messages with the same videos, even though I usually refuse to consume anything like that, you know, people send me videos of, you know, what someone said or whatever. Um, not not so what someone said about me, but just entertainment. I, I try not to consume too much because I don't have enough energy in the day to just consume content um, that's not relevant to my mission, to what I do, taking care of my kids, cooking for my family, you know, taking care of my business, taking care of my tribe, helping someone here and there. Um, but 42 messages, I'm like, I have to watch. And from one woman to the other, I end up on Michelle's story, who's speaking about having been in, you know, the workplace, um, as a registered dietitian and working for an organization where she was fat shamed and bullied and, um, harassed and intimidated. And I'm like, why is everyone sending this to me? And then it became clear that a lot of the people that had um, listened to Michelle, put two and two together, knew who, had, who she had worked for and thought that the, the person or the people behind this organization were the same people that were constantly harassing me through um, fake, you know, fake names and stuff like that on Instagram. Um, and I didn't want to give it too much energy because lately they had not been bothering me. I think I fought back so hard and I hid behind the truth rather than, you know, with skeleton in my closet that they would make sure they would try to pull out. Like they tried to pull out my conviction once and they tried to, you know, talk about my, my criminal record. I speak about this all the time. This is not new to you. If you've been listening to me. Um, but it became clear that what Michelle was talking about was, was you know, being harassed on, on the workplace as a registered dietitian, being fat shamed and being intimidated. Um, and so I reached out to her and I said, I'm sorry this happened to you. Um, and then kind of from there started a dialogue, a super friendly dialogue nothing hateful. And I said, well, what's your bottom line, Michelle? What do you want to get out of this? Why are you coming out now? And she said, well, I have a lot of clients that are being hurt by the diet mentality. And um, not just specifically this diet, uh, but my clients are getting hurt. I have a client going through colon surgery, she said, and you know, everybody kept their clients anonymous. Um, but the bottom line is I have clients that have been hurt by diets and that come to me. The main issue my clients have come with uh, from a past diet is probably the loss of period. And I think that the reason why they gravitated towards me to heal from dieting um, was because I speak so much of hormones and the endocrine system and, you know, balancing your hormones in the most natural way. Whether you want to consume Simply Inulin or not, there are so many ways that I can get your your period back. Um, not me, but you can. You know, following your intuition leads you to me because I speak about hormones, then you know you need to get your period back. It's important. There are many doctors in the United States that actually you will go to and say, I have a few missed periods. And they'll go, yeah, so what's the big deal? 
if you come to me here and you tell me I have a few missed period, I'm like, you know what? We got to fucking get you back on your cycle right this second. You're not existing as a normal human being, a healthy human being, if you don't have your period when you're supposed to. And I've had a few clients who were around my age. And I think that's a big deal too, the demography, the fact that they can relate to me um, with age and the fact that I've spoken about my hormones as well, not just hormones in general uh, and how my hormones changed when I turned 36, 37, having had three kids. Let's not forget, I have a kid who's almost 21 years old. So, you know, my, my hormones, my cycles have gone through a lot and I've observed them and I've, you know, balanced them back out and I've gone through through that. So I think that's relatable to women my age. And I've had clients recovering from, and you heard me, recovering. Like it's almost like an eating disorder, like an illness from, you know, their diet days um, coming to me and saying, I lost my period. And my dietitian said, I must just be going through early, premature menopause. You don't tell a fucking woman at 40 years old that she's going through premature menopause. First of all, you're not a doctor, you're a dietitian. And as clinical as, um, as a dietitian, as clinical as your um, role is, because many dietitians have to go through, you know, clinical internships and, you know, things like that. Um, you're not entitled to diagnose someone with something as serious and debilitating mentally uh, as premature menopause. You don't tell a woman who's 40 or 42 years old, maybe still trying to build her love life, maybe still trying to have a family that she's in, she's in early menopause. Fuck you for that. Um, whoever said that to many women that have, you know, that I've come in contact with whether clients, followers, um, I've had paying clients going through this and I've had non-paying clients, people who just consume my content, maybe buy in your lane, maybe not. Um, and just, you know, I would give non-medical advice to just easy advice that doesn't affect their health badly. Or, you know, I always say, I'm like, I'm not a doctor. Um, I do have a certification in physiology and hormonal response to fitness, um, but I'm not a doctor. What I'm going to tell you to do, like eat fucking sesame seeds, um, is not going to hurt you. It can only help you. So for everything else, check with your doctor. Um, but the bottom line is I never throw the towel at a woman who's 40 years old, 42, 43, or even 46, but hasn't gone through the premenopausal stage who are even being diagnosed by a doctor with premenopause saying, no, you're, you're not in premenopause. You've lost your period. Something's fucking wrong. And I'm, and the doctor's not, you know, claiming premenopause yet. I don't throw the towel at those women. I'm like, let's try, let's give it a few cycles of, you know, eating real food, not dieting, not being afraid of carbs, um, getting back to fatty acids, maybe, you know, adding in a little bit of ashwagandha or maca, which is all, you know, natural stuff. Um, maybe add in yulin if you want to, but you don't have to. And tend to your gut and see if you can get your period back and your hair back. Because a lot of them also reported a lot of hair loss. Um, skin elasticity um, loss, you know, loss of, loss of, of, um, of uh, sleep, 
I mean, there's so much that came with it. And so many of these women um, started migrating to me and my content from diets. So when I heard Michelle's story saying, I have a lot of dieters, recovering dieters uh, that come from a diet that turned dieting into an eating disorder. Um, and she said they had to be hospitalized for it. Uh, this was, I mean, it was like, put it to you this way. You complaining about a headache and someone comes and goes, yeah, I was just diagnosed with cancer. How fucking stupid that makes you feel um, about your little ache. That's exactly how I felt when I heard Michelle's story. And I didn't take it all for face value um, because there's a lot of, ugh, I don't know how to say this, but on Instagram, people have a bottom line. A lot of people are seeking attention. A lot of people are looking to ride your wave because they see that you have momentum. A lot of people are, if they're not copying you, they're trying to use your voice to make their point. So I was kind of like very, um, I don't want to say that I was careful, but I was. And I wanted to know what her bottom line is. And that kind of was constantly my question. Like, even though I wouldn't question her, I would say, okay, she's, you know, telling her story. She's not weak. She's not weeping. She's mainly acting as an advocate for other people that, you know, suffered from dieting. Um, but she's also talking about her awful experience in the workplace as an RD, which was completely, um, I mean, it's unbeknownst to me. I didn't see the other side. I didn't know that on, you know, the workplace um, of a registered dietitian, you could be bullied, you could be fat shamed, you could be intimidated, you could be starving. I didn't know that. I thought that that only happened to willing participants of a diet. And so, Part of me um, is empathetic to people that diet and then get sick from it because I'm like, they didn't know better. Um, the dietitian that got them sick um, has certifications and very impressive ones with tons of diplomas and you know tons of credentials. And very often they hide, they hide behind the science or their, you know, their version of science. Um, but on the other side, so I have empathy for people that trusted that person or organization. But on the other side, part of me is like, you know, you were a willing participant. I mean, this is not, you know, the Charles Manson family, you know, sect or whatever. Um, so hearing Michelle's story, we started to talk and then there were so many people that were messaging me about her and her message um, and her narrative. And then she was sharing a lot of the messages that she was receiving, kind of like a Me Too movement. And my first instinct was, you know what, let's bring awareness without shambling anyone. Let's bring awareness and let's speak about your experience in the workplace. I think that women who have been intimidated 
um, into, I don't know how to say this without being offensive, but it's kind of like when you're not on that diet, you're not on fleek. So you're intimidated and kind of like afraid to not be on the diet anymore. And what I've been hearing from Michelle and some of her peers who I still appreciate, even though there are these, is these people are scared to quit. And I'm like, well, why are they scared to quit? Are they scared to gain the weight? And the response is no, they're scared to quit because they're intimidated. They're scared. To me, this whole victim thing doesn't cut it. I'm not so much of, I mean, victim is a very American word. And I don't think that it's applicable to a diet movement. No one's a victim. You know, you went, you bought the product, you bought the book, you you paid the sessions, you may have done your research on what you're getting yourself into, but it's not a drug. It's not, you know, you're not giving in your firstborn. You can quit. No matter how much money you've invested in it, you can quit. Um, and we're talking about women that are married, that have a husband by their sides, who can be a very objective, you know, on the outside looking in and saying to their wife, quit this shit right now. This is not good for you. And and still these people are intimidated and they don't want to quit. Or when they quit, they do it very silently and they come to the other side and I would be the other side. I've been really upset at times about that where last year people were quitting a diet, but they didn't want the diet organization to know they were quitting or they were giving into inulin, simply inulin, instead of that diet organization's product or recommended products. And it was like, Ingrid, I love your Simply Inulin, but I can't post you because I don't want to stir shit. I don't want to start drama. And I'm like, whatever, you know, do what you have to do. I don't care. I'm not in it for the fame or, or the fortune. I Everybody wants to make it. But, you know, like I said, I build my story brand on the heroes of my story and I'm not the hero of my story. I explained that so many times. You guys are the heroes of my story. If your endocrine system is alleviated by the changes that I could have helped you make or I could have influenced, that's, you know, my success story. You're the hero. You're on stage. I'm in the audience applauding you um, and maybe walking you to the stage. So... I didn't care that they wanted to do it in the darkness uh, and the shadows of whatever diet they were abiding by. But part of it is unnerving. Part of it is like, are we adults or are we, you know, still scared of the sorority sisters that they may know that we have gone to another beta gamma party? Like this is really what it looked like. And I don't know if it's the hindsight and being in Monaco so far away from it all and really not fearful of anything or anyone at this point. And not because I'm far away, but because if you've been through the shit I've been, none of these people or organizations or, you know, fake messages are going to intimidate the fuck out of me. Forget that shit. So, you know, at times in the past year and a half or so, the people that were in the shadow, um, and we're, you know, consuming Simply Inulin and letting my philosophy and my product heal them from the gut in and out and, you know, getting their periods back and being so happy. And at some point, some of them um, 
would let would would let go of the fear because they felt so much gratitude. I think mostly they should feel gratitude towards themselves for finally, you know, breaking free and following their intuition to me. Um, and just listening to my little voice uh, of French reason and, and, and just following steps on their own because I don't do much. I, it's not that we do hours and hours of consultations. Many of these success stories are not even an hour consult. It's maybe consuming the product, consuming a lot of my content and exchanging a lot of messages on Instagram back and forth. Um, but at some point, some of these women who were so scared to come out in the open and say, I'm using Simply in um, I went, I went to the other side, would be so grateful that it would be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to tag you. And I know that the day that they tagged me, they were so scared for some of them and some of them felt so free and guess what nothing happened to them but listening to Michelle's story kind of reminded me of this whole thing happening last year where I had this whole migration of old you know of ex-dieters or soon-to-be ex-dieters coming over to me and saying by the way I used to diet but I don't want to anymore and I'm gonna listen to you but please don't tag me so I wanted to bring Michelle on the podcast to kind of bring this uh, on the table and, and discuss it. And I didn't think it through in the sense that Michelle came and we started to record and it was emotionally charged on both of our sides. I think because we both had two, we had experience on both sides of the story, meaning um, I was getting, you know, I have gone because I haven't gone them in a really long time until the email last week from Ted, but I had gotten very harassing, um, trying to be intimidating, um, you know, comments and messages in the past from blocked IDs and whatever, but knowing exactly what organizations and what people they would come from, um, and when the intimidation didn't work or trying to out my criminal record didn't work because I was doing it anyways or, you know, I, I you know how I deal with bullies by now if you've listened to me or if you follow me and kind of seen a little bit of my MO. Um, so they went for the jugular and they attacked my kids. And at the time, Dakota still was with her baby weight. She was, uh, I think she's 10 years old. She's 13 now. She was 10 and a half. That was two years ago, year and a half ago, something like that. And she's still struggling with her baby weight. She was like a little chub. And Savannah has had her ups and downs. And, you know, she's now very happy with her body. She's my little jello, as I, I like to call her. And I love her body. And if you listen to my podcast, you know I've said this over and over. And I love Savannah's body. She is a mini me version of me, but she's way more curvy and voluptuous than I am in a gorgeous way and she has abs and a gorgeous waist and she is you know slender and voluptuous at the same time just like Jennifer Lopez but she has had her times of struggles with weight um, more when we lived in the States than when we lived in France, but the transition was hard. And at some point she lost all the weight and then she gained it back and it was tough. And then Dylan had been obese. Um, and this is something we spoke about on the podcast with him. And he 
lost weight all by himself without me putting him on a diet. It was just, you know, just eating differently. And I think the change of food coming to France has helped so much. And the one thing that I encouraged the most was we, we would go together, we'd run in Monaco. Yes, I used to make him jog because I felt like a man needs cardio as much as I tell women not to do cardio. He needed cardio. So I went and I did cardio with him. And by the way, when I did the cardio with him, because I wanted him to run, I gained weight a little bit in my midsection because um, my cortisol levels didn't like it. But I did it for him and we would run in Monaco, which is gorgeous, but it's all uphill for about an hour. Killed my knees, by the way, at that time. But I did it for him and it was worth it. And then we would end up at the beach where I would make him swim for an hour. Swim until he cried, like, mommy, I'm tired. But that was the healthiest thing that I could do for him. On the other hand, as far as the food, I did not micromanage. One thing I stopped doing was buying cookies and things like that and just made cookies at home. Um, Dylan has a gluten intolerance that comes from his pathology. So if you've been listening to the podcast or following me, you know that he was on the spectrum of autism. And part of that pathology is very often being intolerant to lactose, which is not anymore, not the French lactose anyways, intolerant to gluten. And so now he can have gluten. He doesn't get terribly sick, but if he has too much gluten, um, he will uh, his attention spam will, will be not as good. Um, so anyways, my kids, you know, had struggled with weight. And so that was a low blow when this harassing message on Instagram came through and it's like, they had tried to hit me and lowball me so hard and nothing worked. And so they went for the juggler and went for the kids and called them fat. Um, and that was terrible and that was unacceptable. And at that point, I took legal action with Instagram and decided to find out, you know, who the IP was from. And that's still, um, that's still in the works, but we know we found out, you know, where the IP, what city, what, you know, what IP, et cetera, et cetera. And so after I took these measures and I spoke about it openly on my Instagram, the harassment stopped and would only start each time I would attack diet or protein powder or, you know, diet foods and specific things that would hurt someone in the diet industry or the diet industry. But the thing that these people forget is that I'm just this tiny little voice with a tiny little podcast, with a tiny little following on Instagram, and I'm all the way in Monaco riding my fucking gold unicorn. So um, when Michelle came up with her story and you know, I heard it all and then I decided to bring her on the podcast so fast. There was too much emotion flying and I have the recordings, but I think we're going to re-record because it was not going the way that I wanted to. And let me explain. Podcasting for my audience is about giving my audience content that gives them um, value, brings value to them. Bringing drama and bringing you know, my own shortcomings or my own issues um, is something that I do very often on the podcast when I have resolve, when I have closure, when I have a solution to offer. And as we were going with the podcast, 
First, I wanted Michelle to talk about her expertise and what she did today as a registered dietitian. So she, she explained that she was more into the holistic aspect of it and all of that. But we would keep on going back to the bullying and, you know, the victims of the diet industry. And I didn't like the way that it was going. I was like, this is just going to bring down my audience. Like, this is just going to show an aspect of evil that's out there. Um, but... What is it doing for my audience? What is it warning them of? Are we really um, going the way that, you know, I want? Is it really my mission? And it's not. I'm not um, a journalist. I, you know, I love the greater good, but I want to stay in my lane. And this was not my lane. So the recording was not going well either way because Michelle's lovely. And I love a lot of parts of what we've recorded and I will play some of them. Eventually, we need to re-record. So she'll be coming on the podcast. We will re-record. And it's not that I don't want to give you the raw, um, real story, but it's just, it's not my platform. I don't want to be on this quest for drama and for negativity. I want to bring awareness I want to be able to speak about things to my audience where they can go, me too. That happened to me too. And what can I do about it? And that podcast was not um, going that way. Um, so the recording was not going well because we kept on getting cut off. That's what I was getting to. We kept on getting cut off, which never happens. I mean, the provider on this podcast um, equipment and even regardless of the internet or whatever we use to, to speak to someone in the United States. I mean, you've seen, I, I had Lauren on, I had Dara on, I had my friend Elena on. Uh, we, we never get cut off. Like we got cut off maybe once in a while. Um, I had, uh, I had uh, KGMTL from Montreal. Um, it never went like that. Sometimes we'd have a little lag or whatever. This kept on getting cut off. And I was like, you know what? I'm not so fucking spiritual, but I'm a little bit, I'm not religious at all, but I believe in something. I believe in God and I, I love my religion. I'm just not, you know, not religious, but I am, I guess I'm spiritual. I guess you could say that. I'm like, this is, you know, those are signs. This is not going right. Um, the, the, the mission is not good on this. And so, Michelle kept on saying, well, let's try again, let's try again. And then she had to go. She has a busy schedule. And I reflected and right away, I sent a message to my soundboard, Dara Kaplan, who's also, as you know, I, I speak about her all the time. She's a, a very, very successful, but also very smart uh, publicist in New York City. And she's also my very close friend, my dear friend. She's been there for me for amazing professional decisions that I've had to make. She's given me the best advice, sometimes not what I wanted to hear, but I always listen to her. Um, and I said to her, I don't like the way the podcast is going. Um, this is not my mission. I, I'm not in the business of being a whistleblower. I, I'm doing well. I don't need to... Um, I don't need to pull down anyone that is not even in my industry because I don't consider myself in the same lane as people in the diet industry. And at the end of the day, I've helped people recovering from their 
diet sufferings. So people that have hurt their guts or lost their hair dieting or lost a little bit of self-confidence dieting or lost their period. I've helped them when they come to me, but it's not for me to fight their battle. If they don't want to speak up for whatever reason, I have to tell you, I feel like a lot of them are suffering from, you know, um, some type of Stockholm syndrome of sorts um, where, so if you know anything about that syndrome and I didn't, this doesn't come for me. I think, I think Michelle used the word and, and she's very accurate. I recognized that it's in some of my clients, not all of them that, that came from dieting. There's a sort of affection and dependency on their captor. Now, I don't want to portray anyone that was dieting as a victim. I don't like that. And I don't agree with calling them victims. But it is true that there was some sort of attachment and perhaps also high idolization of, you know, the a diet guru or just being part of something, I think, also being part of a family and all of the sudden, because you don't want to abide by the rules that made you so sick. And I'm not saying it's making everyone sick. It it's working wonders for a lot of people. Some diets are working a great deal for people that, you know, suffer from cholesterol or people that have been obese or whatever. I'm talking about specific cases of people that have come to me. And yeah, there is, you know, a little bit of that, that syndrome in them. Um, But it's not my job to speak up for them. And I'll tell you why. A lot of my audience here has dieted at some point, but is not necessarily a rescued uh, ex-dieter. Some people said, yeah, I tried dieting my whole life, didn't work. And then I started gravitating towards your French lifestyle. I like it. I was good before, but I'm great now. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not meaning by, I'm not saying by any means that I'm thriving on, um, you know, business-wise on people that have suffered consequences of dieting health-wise. But certainly many, many people have had uh, preconceived ideas and philosophies on eating and counting calories and you know carbs and macros and and they're feeling relieved with my philosophy and it's working for them with a little bit of humor with a little bit of perspective on the French lifestyle which so many of you migrate here in the summer and love and you know so I realized that 90% of my consumers, my audience, my followers, my tribe were not people that had suffered at the hands of a diet or a diet organization. And so what am I accomplishing for this audience? Bringing negativity to them, drama, awareness, a 1-800 number that you can call as a lifeline, hotline or whatever. I don't want to do that. And I said this to Dara and she said, after I, I said all my points and said, this is why I don't want to do this. This is why the podcast with Michelle is not going to our best potential. We don't sound like ourselves. We just sound like fucking advocates rallying, but rallying for who? No one is speaking up. Um, I, I don't want to do that. I, you know, I want to bring value and this doesn't really bring value. I want to bring closure. I always bring closure, even when I speak of an issue that I've had, whether it's a hater, whether it's, you know, 
Dylan's story. I didn't bring on Dylan's story until we had closure, until we had success, until he got his international baccalaureate magna cum laude with honors and got accepted to law school. I would have not brought you his story when it was still a sub story because my job here, my mission here is to bring closure and alleviate um, pains and sufferings and, you know, I guess things you're not so sure about. So then I reached out to Michelle and said, Michelle, this is not us. This is not what you do. This is not what I do. You have your story. I have mine, but we're good. We're strong girls. We're not victims. As a matter of fact, no one is a victim unless they speak up. And I think you should come on the podcast and be your expert self and bring something to my audience. And maybe I can bring something to your audience with our expertise. And yeah, at the end of the day, we can speak up a little bit on the workplace in the registered dietitian world. That people that feel like they've been, you know, bullied and they've been pushed to have an eating disorder um, or feel like inadequate if they don't follow a program they should know that some of the professionals on the other side have suffered the same fate and they are professionals that they can relate to that understand that and can still work with them as registered dietitians without promoting a diet with the word die in it um, and she agreed with me and she said you're right maybe we were both too emotional too ecstatic to have found each other um, you're right and so we've decided to re-record. And this is what brought me to doing this solo because I first I announced that I would bring her on. And then I decided that that episode was not going to happen until or unless I could bring resolve and unless it was really me. And I have to credit not only Dara for being my soundboard, but I have to credit my friend and client, Trish, who watched the whole thing unfold and said, this is not you, Ingrid. Think twice. This is not you. This is not what you do. And I totally agreed with her. She sent me a long, long text telling me everything that was going well for me and how many people I'm helping, her included, and how the people that I'm helping, her included, didn't necessarily to hear about this shit. And she's absolutely right. And so you don't need to hear about this shit. And the only issue with that is that Ted thought I was going to do it at the same time that I decided not to. And I announced it. I actually posted on Instagram and said, Michelle was going to come on the podcast, but I didn't like the directions. It was the direction it was going in. I want to do something that has more value. I want to do something that's more beneficial, healthier, mentally, physically, energet energetically, you know, good vibes only, and lately, um, my copy cow, hater, slash Ted, um, now called Ted, hasn't bothered me, she hasn't even copied me lately, it's like she got the message, um, I went head on so much with her that she finally got the message, so why should I even, you know, start bringing her industry down, and, you know, the secrets of that industry. And then it came to my attention at the same time from another client who said, you know, it's not just a diet world. There's this trainer in New York City that takes you out to lunch. And when she feels like you've eaten enough lunch of that lunch, she throws a cup of water in it and says, you're done eating. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, she's a trainer. She trains people. She's very famous. She has some celebrities and personalities in, in New York. 
and she gave, gave me her name. She said, you see? And then she said, there's this doctor, he's an endocrinologist or something. He likes skinny. So you know what he does? He gives his patients that he feels are a little fat, a diabetes shot, like a, for diabetics and to get them to lose weight. So this actually brought me to the realization that, yeah, diet can be very evil. Diet organizations can be cutthroat and horrible and ethically wrong. And you can report them if you feel that you've been, you know, mishandled by one of those. But it happens in fitness and it happens in the medical field as well. So who am I to be this sort of whistleblower? That's not what I do. I don't have time for this shit. So it's not going to happen. And so Ted didn't know that I was backing out. And I'm calling her Ted because that's what she signed her email. Um, and that same night that she thought I was going to release the podcast, she sent me this hateful, your diet as the subject, which is very funny because I don't have a diet, as you know, saying, whore, go fuck yourself. And of course, it became this whole kind of, yeah, I'm a whore. I'm a whore for French macaroons and I'm a whore for bread and pasta. And everybody joined in and said, yeah, I'm a whore. I'm a simply inhaling whore. And it, it just became this fun and beautiful, uplifting, supporting. And, you know, we're all in it together. This whole I'm a whore. Yeah, I'm a whore. Like from all of you made me think of that scene in Sex and the City where Samantha has cancer and she throws her wig in the air as she's giving a speech and all of the women in the audience who are cancer survivors or sufferers threw their wigs in the air. And that was insane. And that's exactly what you guys made me feel like when I said, yeah, Ted called me a whore. Ted, my hater, my copy cow, that, you know, diet industry titan who felt threatened by whatever I had coming for her, she thought, um, called me a whore. But yeah, I'm a whore. I'm a whore for pasta. I'm a whore for so much, so much good stuff in life. But I'm definitely not a whore to diet, nor a slave to diet. And everybody kind of went, me too, me too. It really reminded me of that scene in Sex and the City. Um, but that's the story. I'm not going to elaborate any more on this. What I can tell you is that diet can hurt. But you can also leave. And your body has an incredible ability to recover. All of my clients, and not just paying clients, I should say, all of my tribe members, all of my followers that have followed a little bit of my philosophy, and many of them consume Simply Inulin, some of them didn't because they are allergic to ragweed, for example, or they have FODMAP intolerance. And if you're allergic to ragweed or have FODMAP intolerance, you can't have Simply Inulin. But you can still, um, you can still rip the benefits of my philosophy and the content I put out there and many of them did and some of them got ashwagandha and maca like I recommend some of them went on vitex which is also an incredible herb if you've lost your period and just eating real food and going back to you know real healthy fats and not being afraid of carbs um, recovery is out there for you if you've suffered uh, the wrath of dieting and maybe dieting has worked for you, but you feel like it's not a life you want to live anymore, but you're certainly not a victim of diet or sufferer of diet. Um, but the, the, the body, the bottom line is the body is amazing and can recover. And if you've, if you're now listening to me, unless you're a hater, just trying to spy on the shit I'm going to say, um, if you're here listening to me, 
this might be your path out of diet um, or certainly to chic French life, if anything. Or you could be dieting and still applying some of my fundamentals. I, I don't, you know, I'm definitely not in the diet world and I don't see myself as being in that lane or a competitor um, for that matter. I'm like a totally other world. And like any other world, I think you can still pair the two if you choose to be a dieter, if you need to be, or if you have a health condition that compels you to follow a certain diet. It certainly doesn't make you following me or my philosophy or having Simply Inulin incompatible. Um, but whatever the case may be, um, the body can recover. It's just a question of letting your mind recover um, I hope this all made sense and I hope this was a beneficial content. I hope that there's closure in this and that you understand where I'm coming from. So I will bring Michelle Shapiro on the podcast, uh, but not for the original goal and not for the... I don't even know what the goal was because, you know, I definitely don't want anything negative or anything like that but maybe to bring her expertise and her soft approach to um being a dietitian being a registered dietitian and how you can benefit from seeing a registered dietitian without certainly looking for diets and restrictions and being part of a tribe and you know feeding someone's ego or your own um we're definitely going to find a great way to re-record our original podcast so it can bring you value, it can bring you solace, positivity, and most importantly, health, self-confidence, women supporting women, women supporting women, supporting women, supporting women, um, and none of that other fake shit. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, I'm not going to plug any of my products today just because I don't think um, it's adequate with um, this podcast episode. But what I will say is that Savannah, my daughter, who's, who's home um, for the holidays already, because school's over, they're now just studying for, um, for tests when they go back, to, go back to school. She's here. We're doing the 15-day transformation program with the master... Um, sessions, the Method Master Sessions. And so you have access to these six sessions on the virtual platform. If you're not a member, you can sign up. And so we are doing 10 days of 70 minutes per day, six days a week. We're taking a week, a day off. Um, and this has proven to be so, so effective when we did the retreat and we had two sessions per day, equaling to a little bit more than 70 minutes at the time. Um, just to have our body ready for vacation. We're going skiing and then I'm going to warm weather right after that. So um, I just wanted to get like my body on fleek for that. Um, and as you know, I'm also boxing alternatively with my trainer, um, who's an MMA champion and who I'll be bringing to the retreat as one of my experts. Um, but just not going to plug anything else. I'm going to leave in the show notes everything you need to know about the products, about... Um, about the products, about the virtual platform, about the retreat, uh, anything you need to know, I'm not going to plug it in on this episode. I definitely want your feedback on this podcast episode. It's important to me. Um, it gives me direction in 
you know, it helps me go in the right direction in how much good I can bring to you rather than just ramble about something that's absolutely not beneficial to you. Um, and that's my little contribution for today on this note. Bisu bisu from Monaco.